jolly, jolly holiday. And in Here case on the you material podcast. Hopes <laughs> I holly have a holly jolly Christmas this year. Okay, I'm glad that Andy. Oh, uh, hi, I'm oh, your co-host. Flo. Miss, I'm sorry, you start. You Lord started Zion. something here. We can't. I know, I know, but I'm glad that I got the ho 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 uh, in my, my soul. Andy and Otko chimed in with his wonderful voice. Hello. This is episode number two thirty four of the Material Podcast. Um, it is right before Christmas week for Andy and I, who we both celebrate Christmas. And you're not going to hear from us until after Christmas. So we, fig- I figured that we should just lean into the whole holiday vibing, especially because right before I came into this room to record this podcast, I hobbled myself outside because I have an injury and <laughs> watched my husband put in one of those. Um, see, back in the day, you'd have to put up Christmas lights around the house, but now you could just buy one of those projecty thingies and just project <laughs> it against the house and boom, instant light show. Only fourteen ninety nine at your local hardware store. <laughs> see, I, I'm going to have to set a reminder for myself for the week after Christmas because – as as uh, as right. you flow and most of the listeners know, again I live in the middle of Times Square in a quaint, touristy New England like uh, fishing village, wow. and so I have uh, that's I, I do have lights in my windows because you don't want to be that one. You, uh, the, that I, I have I have a I have a great number of windows that face into this property, and particularly because all the stores on the bottom floor. Uh, of both streets and all the streets around have you just it just feels like here's an opportunity for you to add an opportunity for you to not be a a grinch or a grouch or a screw right but i i keep thinking that yeah but you know you also there's also this big stretch of sidewalk and uh, what if we were to buy like one of those like laser like snowflake or whatever projectors and have one like attached to every single window so that the entire sidewalk for like like 10, 20, 30 yards. It's oh, just a field of snowflakes. And I I never get around to it but because by the time I remember, it's like October and they don't have the, – these things cost the real money that they cost. Exactly. And then I also kind of confront the process, the problem of, okay, but realize that if you ha- – you have to sort of have it hanging out the window to project on the sidewalk. And are winter. you 100% sure you can mount them in such a way that they aren't going to fall off and cause – Let's say uh, knocking on your door and a, a, a bad scene. Let's say a liability, right? Yes. So, <laughs> the, but the, the other, the other, the other, yeah. So and, and yeah. So, but I, I, I don't want to feel as though this, uh, this is an opportunity. I don't want to blow that opportunity. Uh, and I, I think I'm going to have to set if I already have this stuff like in the closet, whether I paid full price for it or half price for it. If I already have it there, then it's like, well, you know. They're right there. I mean, why don't I just set up one and just see how it looks? Because all I, if I can, if if I want to talk myself into something, it really just like the lights. It's like, yeah, you know what? That that would be a good idea. And you did come up with a really good solution on how you could like actually really fill if each window top to bottom with lights and it would be easy to set up and easy to take down. But well, well, let's do one. And then once I've done one, now the brain is set into let's get all yep. these lights up mode. Yep. So. That's what happened with me in Halloween, which is why every year now I have Halloween lights that with stakes in them. And I just like line the outside and it just looks like 
it's just red orangey lights, but I like it because it's all spooky and, <laughs> you know, and also like it lights the pathway, you know, for kids when they're going trick or treating. So they feel like welcome to go up. I don't know. But anyway, this is, you know, I like to have fun. It's for me. Like the other day I was telling my mom that I was ordering all these uh, fans. We've been getting, we have like new flower shops downtown. So I also live in a quaint small town, just like in the Bay Area. Um, So the rent here is like 17 times what maybe Andy's (laughs) merchants are paying. Um, But I started getting like bouquets because I'm trying to like support local businesses and also like put pretty things in my house. And my mom's like, oh, you don't have to do that to impress anybody. I'm like, oh, no, mom. It's not to impress anybody. I'm like, it is completely and totally for my own satisfaction. It's me knowing like I'm just spending this money so that when I look at it and I just go, wow, it's so pretty. And it just like, I don't know. It's just there's something aesthetically about a beautiful bouquet of flowers that's just like in, in theme that just just really brings a glow to my spirit. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I don't know, but it works for Thanksgiving. Um, <laughs> I did want to bring up very quickly that if folks, I'm sure, have been checking their inbox these last couple of weeks, right? Where I mean, we're looking for shipping confirmations for people's Christmas gifts, and we're looking for. Christmas e-cards, excuse me, holiday. I, I want to be inclusive. Holiday e-cards and things of the sort. Um, the other thing I noticed is that I've been getting a lot of like stat, like end of year stat, whatever from Google and all the different Google services that I patronize kind of thing. <laughs> so let's see. I found out today. So I found out today and this is just um making me feel kind of bad but um i last month my nest said that i spent 136 hours heating up the house yeah i which sounds like a lot um i am actually you're making you feel guilty for the convenience of of indoor heating really well here's the thing i had the the nest was offline in october because that's when we were moving so nothing was recorded that month. So it goes from zero hours to 136 hours. And, oh. And then they give you stats like, in November, you're in the top 45% of Nest thermostat users in your country. <laughs> which you're just like, and and I live in the, I live in California, which is having like energy crisis. We're fighting PG&E over all this stuff going on. Like I, that is not. And I'm in a new house that's bigger, so we're probably paying. I don't. I, anyway, it made me feel really bad. Um, I just and I, I felt like I should confess to everybody on here <laughs> that I heated the house for 136 hours in November. Okay, so that was one thing. The second thing was I got an email from Google One, which for those of you who maybe haven't switched over, Google One is now pretty much what like Google Drive is. It's yeah. just the whatever, the uh the consolidation of all the different like professional Google services, so to speak. And they give you a little year in review. I did get a year in review for Google Maps that I haven't checked yet. Um but we'll go through that maybe next week because hmm. 
There's, you know, yeah. I'm very curious to see how many times I went to the grocery store. Uh, so I'm using only 28 gigs of my 100 gigs storage, which I thought is kind of nice considering I'm still just paying $1.99 a month for that. So two bucks a month is getting me that storage. Um, Google reminds us that they introduced automatic phone backup for Android. And there's a handy link to see if backup is enabled. So, and that takes me to a Google Play Store page. Okay. Um, let's see. There's a do customer support line. Yeah. So basically, I just got a whole summary of all the benefits that I get with Google One, which I mean makes sense. You want to let people know like what it is that they're paying into and what services they're using and giving their data over to. So I imagine I'm going to get a couple more of these before the end of the year. Yeah. I just, as a matter of fact, I was, I happened to be looking at the same time. And so I do have my, my, your year with Google one email. I'm using 511 gigabytes of my two terabytes of storage. Dang Andy. Of which to be fair, I do pay for Dropbox. So that's actually where a majority of. Yeah. That's I've, I've got the, it's uh, I, I paid for the extra because I just want all my photos to be backed up at full resolution and not care about it. And oh, uh, good call. And of course, uh, three hundred and fifteen point three six gigabytes of that are photos. I'm surprised to find that one hundred and eighty eight point nine gigabytes is used by Google Drive. I think that's because of things that I download when I'm on my Chromebook because that automatically gets backed up to a Pixelbook folder up there, which I do, which I wow. do dig. Yeah. Uh, but I just go local, which is so dangerous. I don't see. And I didn't even, uh, and I didn't I even really enable it. It just sort of happened. Um, I don't know. Uh, I'm, I'm bothered though, that my phone backup, it gives you four categories of like, of how, how you're using your storage. Phone backup mm-hmm. is only 274 megabytes, so it hasn't do. So obviously, I haven't turned on automatic phone backup, and I I must have blown past that at some point when setting up some device. But yes, I think I will after the show see if backup is enabled. I'm guessing yeah. no, because I I did spring. Now I know you save a lot of money by uh, buying the version of the Google Pixel that has only one gigabyte of storage. Uh, I mean, but that's that's sort of like to get you into the store, and they they try to talk you up to a more practical level. I do have one where I would require more than two hundred seventy five gigabytes to uh, megabytes to actually back up my actual phone. But yeah, it's 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 interesting that when you uh, I you, so now we have uh, lots and lots of uh, the services that we use, not just Google. But even our banks and stuff like that, that are able to now, obviously, they're collecting data. And a lot of it is simply we can't run. We can't run your service unless we know how much money you have in your account. But now it's pretty cool that I kind of have to make sure that I go fishing through like my online banking app just to see apart from like the two pages that I always use just to here's 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 what my transactions are. Here's transferring money from one account to another. That's I did a check clear that sort of thing. But it's like, oh, wow. So it really is analyzing. Here's how much you spent. Here's what you tended to spend it on. Here is your trend of saving versus spending. And so and without without guilting you into anything. And uh, the, and so it's kind of cool when you as as dangerous as it is to be hanging over, handing over so much data to a huge corporation like Google. The upside of it is that it can actually show you, well, here's how much you've been traveling 
here's uh, days yeah. in which here here are here uh, here's your your fitness report and how well you did and my Ooh. goodness imagine I'm being imagine working one. on that team and being responsible for phrasing things in such a way that you're not being like a nagging jerk about it you're just simply saying i'm just providing information without any judgment whatsoever yep. If it, for yep. all, you know, you 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 could say if if you look at this and say that all right, you know, because I used to have to like walk all the way to the all the way to three miles away to go get my mail, but then I set up that service that has it automatically like routed to this other thing, so I don't have to do that pickup. All right, look at all the wear and tear that I saved on. You know, okay, that's fine, that's fine, but it, it it really must be a lot of discussion about. <sighs> Do we want to say, here's how far you walk today? Do we want to say simply, here's your numbers on – do we want to make this as generic as possible? Because I've, I, I've, uh, I have been uh, – I don't want to call, I don't want to, uh, call myself injured. I just simply have like a, a problem a, – a, 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 uh, a compressed nerve somewhere that's caused that – a couple months ago was causing really severe pain in like one of my legs whenever I walked. Now it's getting better. Now it's just simply a little bit sore. But I could see it like every time, <laughs> every now and then. Gang, uh, it used to be uh, Google Fit would ask me to would set my goal as something like sixty move minutes or whatever. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. And every couple of weeks, I get that really sweet. Well, would you like to to reduce it from twenty five to twenty? <laughs> And I want to say, oh, you're you're a deer. Honestly, I'm getting better. I'm in physical therapy. It's I should be I'm there off these crutches you. in a month. <laughs> I'm there with you. I'm there with you. And I'm just I just dismiss it. I'm like, you know what? Now is not the time. Like I don't want to hear it from you. Just yeah, I appreciate what you're trying to do here, AI. But it's not it's not your time. Right yeah, but now. but but also it it kind of taps in. You you also don't want to hurt like Google Fit's feelings. Because there's there are people who say, "My God, you have you used to walk all the time, and I don't see you on the bike. What's wrong? Are you getting lazy?" And then there's some people who are just saying, "I just noticed I haven't seen you. Is everything okay?" And when it's when people are being nice like that, mm. when it comes from a place of love, and I know that I'm projecting that a, that a faceless oh, piece yeah. of software is 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 hundred percent out Andy. of love. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but you do want to but- say. Hey, that's fine. Tell you what, why don't you check back in a couple months, and if I'm not back up to scratch by then, then we'll, we'll then we should. Yeah, it we, should be should it should be a toggle. toggle. Like you, I mean, look, we get to choose like the voice of our Google Assistant, which I really appreciate um, because I have a favorite. Mine is Cyan. Like I just feel like Cyan really fits in. Like Cyan is is a is an assistant that I would talk to. Uh, it just feels really welcoming and friendly. And you know, like we're on the same level a lot more than like the the OG Google uh, Voice or any of the other ones that are included. And so it'd be nice to be able to like set the tone of some of the AI. So like in Google Fit, for instance, when and I actually, you know, maybe this is a maybe this is a a suggestion for the new Fit going forward, the Fit post Fitbit, hmm, uh, which is to be able to set the tone. Like, am I? Am I a person who's very sensitive to criticism? Like, perhaps, like, this is how you should approach me. Uh, Am I a person who maybe, like, suffers from extreme uh, criticism of the self? And then, like, the AI would know, all right, we need to make sure not to, like, cross any lines with this person. Um, You know, I actually think that 
humanity would benefit from some of that because, I mean, they want these things to be a part of our daily lives anyway. So maybe instead of guessing like where we're at, we could just tell it how to meet us halfway, <laughs> you know? So like don't, for instance, in my situation, having a kid, uh, haven't been as active as I want to be, unfortunately. Uh, and I wish that I could just put a little thing that says, do not bother me until like after the due date. Like this is when you can start going back to normal. Like until then, I need you to just exist here as support. Okay. So I think, yeah, it, I, and I think that that's a great idea. And I think they should extend it to, again, with uh, explicit opt in from the user. Mm-hmm. Say, tell you what, why don't you take a look at my Google Calendar? And then you say, "Oh, that's right. Your 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 flight home to your mom and dad for the big family Christmas is is in a week." You know what? If you do instead of doing your usual daily workout, want to just stay home and just drink eat and drink sugar. and drink. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, or oh, eat that's sugar. fine. No, again, sh- sugar. That's my drinks. coping Kahlua. mechanism. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Stuff my mouth with cookies. That's uh-huh. perfect. Yes. That's perfectly. F- we get it. We. I'm, yep. a, I'm a. I'm a faceless algorithm, but you know what? In a way, I have parents as well. It's true. <laughs> and we, uh, oh boy. So okay, we're heading into the holidays, which means a little, tiny bit of time off for Andy and I. Time off is relative um, <laughs> because we make our money based on living uh i just don't even know how to like uh, subscribe based on what we love right right yes yes uh but what i like to do during this time of year is because things are slower you know editors aren't really around and then right after this is ces so i'll have a little bit of time to like catch up on video games and hobbies and things um i'm curious andy if you are catching up on anything if you're taking on any like new project or hobby or anything um, that you just that that you're excited to dive into now that we have a tiny bit of time with quieter inboxes. Yeah. Oh, I, I was excited to get into it. It's and this has something to do with like setting up all the Christmas lights that. Oh, I've, I remember I distantly remembered that it. How difficult is it to turn on Christmas lights in this day and age? You pl- you plug it into a smart you 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 buy like a twenty dollars smart plug, you plug it in, and then maybe you use a phone app to simply turn everything on, right. turn everything off. Boom, done. I and, schedule mine for yes. what it's worth, all at the same time, from five to eleven. In case anybody's wondering, exactly. You don't even have to like turn it on and off. And but I I remembered that there was this really cool like super super uh, home automation uh, system uh, operating system that you can install on a Raspberry Pi that would cause that res. You, it's not just an app; it really is. You prepare a flashcard. It is an operating system. It is a, excuse me a version a, a kitted out version of the Raspberry Pi operating system that just simply boots up and now it's acting sort of as a concierge to make every single one of your home automation things. A, be able to work with each other and also for you to be able to script what happens when other things happen. For instance, like you can set it up so that every time you uh, start uh, a video going via Plex, it will – and if and if the time of day is after literally go hey, – hey, hey, operating system, go find out what time sunset is today. Mm-hmm. Great. If it's an hour after that and I start playing a movie on Plex, I want you to dim the lights – inside the living room 
and but I also want you to turn on the light in the hallway that leads to the bathroom <laughs> and do that and do that automatically. And when Plex stops playing, I want you to turn the living living room lights back on to where they would normally be over the course of a day. And you can do and has uh, you can install plugins for uh, Google Assistant, for uh, Chromecast, for every make and model of if uh, of uh, home automation or uh, internet of things thing you can even have integration with if this then that so anything you can and any activity you can set up with if this then that such as like is it raining outside okay then i want you to turn on the weather <laughs> turn on the weather station here you can get really really complicated it's you can i instantly recognize my brotherhood and sisterhood with the people who are fanatics about this because it's like it stopped it long ago stopped being about automating something that would come in handy and just like when you buy a chainsaw you buy it you 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 cut you cut up the, the the big tree limb that crashed in the big storm two days ago and then for the rest of the day it's like let's see if it'll cut this and it becomes all about playing with the tool as opposed to solving yep. the problem yeah uh, and so uh i have so i set it up and i took it off the network the next day or two because i realized that it's not easy to, it's not terribly easy to set up but it is too intriguing for me to leave alone and mm-hmm. i realized i wanted to spend my next week doing things other than playing let's see if it'll do this but it is pretty cool particularly in how well it integrates with google assistant uh, and google nest and all this other stuff it's that uh, it's it. They decided to uh, being being very clever marketers. They did uh, choose the uh, unique uh, product name of Home Assistant. So if you go to home assistantio uh, you will you'll find it. Uh, it. It installs and other things, but it was clearly like the, the Raspberry Pi is the best. Seems like the best yeah. way to run this thing. Uh, and I'm sure I've, I'm sure I'll do things with it. Like last year. I, I actually like built things out of my toolbox so I can monitor a certain pipe, water pipe that's near like the front door, the very badly insulated front door uh, that if it freezes up, the whole building is going to have trouble. And it's <laughs> and, and fortunately, this is a I'm, I'm very, very chummy uh, with the owner of the building. And it becomes like, gee, let's well, it's easy for me to just check it. Why don't I just like check it rather than you having to come uh... in the morning? And then it becomes then it became well you know what for three dollars i could buy like just a little sensor that i could and i've got a, i think i've got a couple of different controllers just in the drawer that i could hook it up to then if i hook that up to wi-fi i could have it automatically so what i really wanted to do is to automatically like compile reports and send them to me and and i it's i'm fascinated by this i'm going to enjoy doing this but it really reminded me of this really cool <laughs> xkcd comic that mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> where the, the he actually put together a table uh, that's entire entitled "How long can you work on making a routine task a routine task more efficient before you're spending more time than you can save?" It's a good chart, actually. Yes, and, and on the y-axis, it's how much time you shave off, meaning how much time will you save by automating this, and it goes from like one second to one day. On the x-axis, axis it goes through how often do you do this task? Fifty times a day, five times a day, daily, weekly, monthly, yearly, and so it will tell you that if there's something you do once a month and it takes and you spend uh, uh, and you spend uh, uh, and you will save one minute. Uh, automating this you will have to spend you will have to spend uh, this will have to be an hourly task every month before it will actually like make sense for you to do this time 
So it's pretty cool. <laughs> so I don't want to do the math on this because, again, there's so many things I do to save time that will not ever, ever, ever make it past this test. But that's this is we are we are. I humans. was just going to say, yeah, because for me, I just I just put every the thing is, I just don't want to think about it. If I can just plug it into a smart plug. See, I would I would do your route, Andy, except that I drove myself crazy doing that with Tasker on an Android phone. And I did that one year for Halloween. I did all these like cool little things so that every time some a kid came to the door, it like it created a whole scene where like the lights were flashing and a certain sound would play and all this stuff. Uh, but it took a long time to set it up. And that's when I was just like, you know what? I just remembered that I'm a person who doesn't have patience for this. <laughs> Cause yeah, my, my patience threshold is very, very short. That's my, that's my problem. It's like, I find a kinship of this on this stuff with you, but the problem is that I am such an impatient person <laughs> that I just get, I, I'm like, you know what? I give up. I'm not doing it anymore. Uh, I like the idea in theory, but it, but then I run into the first frustration and then I go, that's it. I give up. I give up, which is why anything that I do do is amazing because that means that I didn't immediately. Anyway, uh, I'm excited to hear about what it is that you are going to program with this. I want to hear more about it as you delve into it um, because now you're you're making me – you're actually making me want to go into my IFT, IFTTT account and like – play around with some stuff now that I have all this new stuff set up in the house. Yeah. Well, if anything else, if you've been, if you're one of those people who have been hearing about IFTT, if this, then that all your life and have never gotten into it, I will recommend it not only because it's a much easier way to automate certain things, but also it will make you seem like this Matthew Broderick level superstar computer hacker user to people who don't because the first time that uh, again this is this is one of the first things i think that uh endeared me to the to the owners of the building that because we're, we're talking about this problem about how we have you know, about we this mm-hmm. is something that has to be uh, kept kept again it's not my job it's just that it's kind of it's kind of a it's a very co- collegial sort of atmosphere right uh and and why would you not want to help solve a problem that could like destroy the, this building that you enjoy living in? Uh, and so I said, well, actually, actually, you know, if if uh, well, I, I, uh, I said, well, it's, it's it's no problem because I have a an alert set up on my phone so that every time the temperature dips below a certain level, I get a text message saying, well, how do you do that? And I said, oh, well, no, it's just that. And then so I could set it up on your phone if you'd like. And then after <laughs> she handed me your phone after five minutes, I set it up like you can do. Th- wow! And the first time she got an alert, well, I got a text message that. Was incredible like there you go yeah all, all with ones and zeros ones and zeros yeah uh talk to me in the spring because i'm gonna try and set this up for the sprinklers to go with the weather <laughs> yes uh anyway one final update before our first commercial yes and we're still doing this we're still doing the updates on the gimpy gimpy bush yes I'm still, I'm still, I'm, I'm actually very pleased. Uh, last week we were uh, hit search results number three, four, and six uh, on podcasts about the Gimpy Gimpy. Uh, mm-hmm. Now on this episode two, three, four, we are numbers mm-hmm. three, five, and six, which mm. are well, okay. It's not that impressive, but I just wanted to call back to the fact that we are episode mm. two, three, four, so we could be sponsored by Sesame Street. 
Oh, or it's, or it's, or it that seemed, would be nice. Or it seems, or it seems like well, like, well, another thing. But if we were sponsored by Sesame Street, wouldn't we technically be sponsored by HBO? Do they? Yeah, but Disney by the too. way, no, no, Disney I so Children's YouTube TV, TV just got PBS this week. Oh, that's and right. Sesame Street is on PBS, and so I've been recording it, like, because I'm I don't know when they're gonna take it off or <laughs> whatever. But they've been showing it during the day, so I'm like, add to my yeah. DVR library. Never know when that's going to come handy. There are times when you when you need to see Bert doing the pigeon dance. Sometimes you Ooh, need to hear. R.I.P. Carol Spinney. Oh uh, yes. Sorry. I was going to say Big Bird, but I didn't want to make everybody sad. Well, I just made everyone sad. Uh, you know, we could go into an ad. Let so us go into an ad. People forget. <laughs> this episode of Material is brought to you by Squarespace. Make your next move with Squarespace. Squarespace lets you easily create a website for your next idea with a unique domain, award-winning templates, and more. Maybe you want to create an online store. Maybe you want to create a portfolio. Maybe you want to create a blog. Squarespace is an all-in-one platform that lets you do just that. There's nothing to install, no patches to worry about, no upgrades needed. You don't have to worry about any of that stuff. Squarespace has got you covered. They have award-winning 24-7 customer support if you need any help. They let you quickly and easily grab a unique domain name. And all of those award-winning templates are beautifully designed for you to show off your great ideas. Squarespace plans start at just $12 a month, but you can start a trial with no credit card required by going to squarespace.com material. When you decide to sign up, use the offer code MATERIAL to get 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain and to show your support for material. Once again, that's squarespace.com material and the code MATERIAL to get 10% off your first purchase. We thank Squarespace for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. Squarespace, make your next move. Make your next website. Uh, all right. So today's today's big topic, or rather this week's big topic that we are talking about, um, I had sent Andy a link to this right before I took my ow, my muscles hurt nap, and um, just so everybody knows, like the environment that Flo and Andy do this podcast in, <laughs> it's a very casual, chill, but at the same time, where I'm like sending Andy links at all hours of the day, like, oh my god, what is happening in the world? <laughs> Um, and see, Andy can attest. And so I saw this one pop up on Twitter today from L of of all the publications. Now, not it, and it's not that I'm trying to make some sort of uh, statement about the fact that like L is a women's publication and like this is a tech podcast. But I do want to kind of bring up the fact that what is happening internally in Google is become has become such a an issue of women's rights and just like human rights outside like or employee rights, I should say that it's become a part of the more general vernacular. And like people are talking about it outside of just like our tech circles, which is a good thing because that means that people outside of our circles are paying attention. And when that happens, that means that it's really big news um, versus when it's just like in our little bubble and we're just talking about it. So the headline of the article, which we will link in the show notes, is called Google Loved Me Until I Pointed Out Everything That Sucked About It. That's 
uh, yeah, I know. It's so I and I had made a couple notes about this. The first one, which is what which was to point out the significance of this being an L. Um, this is a major women's issue because the Google walkout was started by women. Uh, majority, and it was brought on by women who were tired of seeing men get away with murder. That's that's my own editorial note that I put in there. And second, I just want to caveat, I don't know, make a note that what we are going to summarize might sound familiar to anyone in any line of work. Um, there's notes of gaslighting, retaliation, punitive managers, bad HR, it's important to know that this is not just a Google problem, but because of the scope of Google as a company, you know, that it built its empire on the idea that it's like, this is this utopian place to work. This is how Silicon Valley is. This is why a lot of the stuff is being pointed out and why uh, people want to see some change happen. Because if change can happen at Google, imagine how that could trickle down to other areas. Okay. So now that I made that... These these are the notes I was taking handy. <laughs> it was holding off from starting today. So uh, the article is written by Claire Stapleton. Uh, she was a 12-year Google vet who had responsibilities in the communications department, uh, including ghostwriting executive emails extolling Google's culture and values and editing the internal news blog. So she was one of the people who, when Larry and Sergey were standing up at the TGIF meetings... Um, she had written the words behind them. She, during the first five years, she was in charge of that. And she even brings up this um, memory she has of being called up to the stage by Larry and just like being lauded for her great writing and all this. So she she had a pretty significant role in the company. Uh, and she writes, I didn't just buy into the lore of Google. I helped write it, uh, which is what happens when you're in the communications department of a major... Uh, conglomerate. From the article, and these are all quotes, so verbatim. Initially, executives loudly embraced the walkout. Uh, Claire Stapleton was one of the original folks who got together to sort of like, she was there at the initial walkout that happened in November 2018. um, And she was a big part of that, kind of helped orchestrate it. And okay, so from there, executives loudly embraced the walkout initially. Google CEO Sundar Pichai sent a note to the whole company expressing his support in Googlers participating. The company's CFO, Ruth Porat, said at a conference the following week that she'd walked out herself. The action was, she'd said, Googlers doing what Googlers do best. Uh, But of course, this corporate kumbaya was short-lived. That is verbatim. Uh, And I do want to remind you all that we did report on this. Andy and I, we were talking about how Sundar was in support of this, kind of like what what the response was after it happened. I I know that I was uh, hopeful that Mm -hmm. this vocal support for, hey, sending out an email saying, hey, everybody, there's going to be this action. All managers, I want you to support the workers and help them do what they want to do. And although uh, there is no blind faith in play, I'm only speaking for myself, that I did say, I hope this indicates that this there is a firm commitment to the seriousness of this as a problem that could really bring down Google as a company and as a culture and a, a real serious interest in getting doing the long, hard work of fixing this problem. And 
This is why when I read this article, I'm like, okay, I hope I don't want to listen to that episode again because I hope I didn't. I hope I don't. I'm not misremembering saying, you know, this is exactly why I think Google is a wonderful company. You see, just a few bad apples, and this is what dudes like myself tend to. Well, it must. I don't. I've never seen this sort of and uh, so sexist behavior. It's just a few bad apples that they're getting rid of, and uh, no, it's mm. culture. I'm sorry, I'm interrupting. But- no, well, you, you you did segue us into the next bit. So Clara writes, management's tone cooled. New policies were rolled out that flew in the face of Google's open culture. Within a few months of the walkout, there were new, quote, community guidelines, unquote, meant to limit people discussing politics on internal groups and accessing, quote, need to know, unquote, documents. Like those that in 2018 revealed Google was bidding on a military contract and developing a censored search engine for China was made a fireable offense. Y'all remember Andy and I, we've talked about Project Dragonfly. Uh, We talked about the community guidelines, about uh, discussing politics and internal groups. So anybody who's been following this this story and what's been happening the past couple of years, this shouldn't be a surprise to you. She is just kind of recounting it. And remember, this is Elle. So we're recounting it for an audience that doesn't watch the tech press the way that maybe our listeners do at here at material right. or the way that Andy and I do. Um, and of course, uh, Claire also mentions that days after the walkout, Google had quietly petitioned the national labor relations board to limit legal protections for activist workers. Ouch. So eight weeks after the walkout, I was demoted by my manager, Claire writes, setting into motion a bewildering, isolating, eye-opening couple of months. It was so swift and brazen, I was sure I had to be missing something, but every week got weirder and worse until the message from the top was finally clear. My time was up. After five years as an unequivocally strong performer on YouTube's marketing team, my manager, Marion, informed Ma- Marian me- Marion with com- an O. Uh, yes. Uh, informed me in a conversation in January that my role would be restructured and I'd lose half my reports and responsibilities. Um, now, when I read this, I my heart sank into my stomach because I have been in the working world and I know exactly what it's like to feel this way. Um, granted, I have I I don't. It doesn't matter what happened to me. It but all I can say is that I definitely feel this. Um, so she tried to work things out with her manager and HR, but of course that went nowhere. The only remedy that HR recommended was to take medical leave, which just FYI, I've heard this before, um, in career circles that like this, this is a a thing that people fall back on when, you know, it's, it's good for optics it gives people a break, et cetera, et cetera. It would, be, it would be great if we could tell everybody that you voluntarily chose to leave the company mm-hmm. with pay for a period mm-hmm. of time that we would mm-hmm. need in order to make sure we could figure out what the official story is going to be when we convince you to quit. Yeah, Exactly. So Claire continues to write, and it's a long article, yeah. um, and definitely go in and, and – uh, read it when you get a chance this is is definitely one of those stories where the person's own words are far more uh, more powerful and impactful than anything that we could summarize as so that's why yeah that's why i kind of had to apologize to flow saying there's a lot there was a lot of cutting copying and pasting in here because it's a first person essay yeah exactly 
It, yeah. It's, and, and, okay. also, and also, this is one of those times where it's like, let's see, me as a white heterosexual male, I'm going to edit what she said to make sure it's very clear what she meant. And that's not that's not the point here, is it? No, no, that's that's no good. You did just fine, Andy. Um, So Claire continues, In April, when I shared the story with my fellow employees, I heard accounts from women across the company that echoed my own. When they'd raise an allegation about a manager or coworker, they'd been encouraged to take medical leave. Meredith Whittaker, who we had mentioned here on the Material Podcast, one of the walkout's other lead organizers, had been informed around the same time that her role would be changed dramatically, and in order to stay at the company, she'd need to abandon her work on AI ethics. And another organizer, Ramona, which is not her real name, had been in the process of transferring to my org, YouTube Marketing, but after the walkout, it got delayed for months until the opportunity disappeared altogether. She was finally told that the head of my department wasn't comfortable having someone who, quote, fostered division between employees and leadership, unquote, on her team. Ouch. Um, I would burst into tears if somebody said that to me at work. By the way, yeah, because that's that's a scary that's a scary thing to have pinned on you as an employee anywhere. Okay, um, I actually can relate to this a little bit from my retail days. It's not fun. Uh, imagine that at scale working at Google, where yeah. like, you know what I mean? I mean, where you work at at a place like Google where your salary and your benefits and like your your life is tied to this work that you're doing daily, you know what I mean? And um, and in the case of yeah. a, of a younger younger worker, not a whole lot of people grow up dreaming that they will they will one day be hired by TJ Maxx and have a have a 20 or 30 year career like folding sweaters, whereas this is something that I think that large corporations like Google and Apple kind of take advantage of point. which is aren't you lucky aren't you blessed aren't you isn't isn't your your mom mm-hmm. and your dad gonna mm-hmm. be proud of you and brag mm-hmm. about you and tell everybody where you're working they, and, they will yeah and they, they, they will <laughs> yes it's a it's a cool job uh it and, is uh I, I with good say, benefits yeah no and it's uh, yeah i think that i, I think that you're i won't make this into a into a distraction but so your parents don't necessarily understand anything that you do for a living if this job didn't necessarily exist in 1970 or, or the early 80s. So, but if they recognize the big company that you're working for, they mm-hmm. know that they feel as though you're going to be okay. I I agree. It's like it's like being a doctor or a lawyer, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, <laughs> I'm just speaking from my own uh, conversations with my parents, FYI. Um, not <laughs> applicable to everybody. Yeah. I will say uh, the one interesting tidbit that we didn't mention is that Claire started at the company when she was 22. Uh, now, when I was 22, I got my first internship at a magazine and I was getting paid $10 an hour. And I thought that was, I was high rolling. I was like, oh man, I'm on the right path. Like, this is great. I've got a journalism job. Rocket ship to planet successville. I was, yeah, I was benchmarking and building computers for maximum PC staff, but like, I was so happy to do that. Now imagine being 22 and like having that job at Google and, and that means that in her mid twenties, so like 27, 28 is when she was writing all this stuff for Larry and Sergey. Like, that's a big deal. That's 
that's a really big deal to be doing in your late 20s. And, um, well, and, and imagine that Larry Page is singling you out in front of the entire company for praise and for being so valuable. And imagine like people knowing who you are at the company that you don't that oh, oh my god you're are you yeah people like, stopped her in the she, lunchroom yeah so are you really the Claire Stapleton they gave her and people gave her a plaque uh, naming her the Bard of Google which was her sort of yep, like internal yep. name it's it's what 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 we're getting at is that it's it's a I'm sorry th- I you need to add it was made in the Google wood shop of course okay sorry continue. So if, even better, it was a handmade gift. It wasn't they didn't go to the you didn't go to the store no, by one of those. They didn't order it from like Jostens or whatever. They made yes. it. In- <laughs> but the, but this is this is another really uh, really important factor that yeah. uh, especially when a large corporation gets someone young, they yeah. start yeah. to associate that this is my family, this is my identity, this is where I belong, this is where people know me and love me and respect me. And that means that I think that A, it makes it just like you make excuses for that brother or sister of yours who steals because well, you just – well, I I know it sounds bad, but you don't know her. Like she really is wonderful. This isn't – and you know what? We're getting her into a program. She's going to be better. And you can't – it makes it harder for someone who is that deeply and rooted to say that you people on the outside, you don't understand. We're working on it. It's not as bad as it's been here. And so – and which is also means why it's a huge shock when you realize that this corporation, which – and a corporation cannot feel love, that if you decide to love the corporation, the corporation is not going to love you back. And it can be quite distressing when you had faith – and trust that well this is obviously a big problem i'm having a problem with my manager but i bet that but i gosh i hate to do this because i know as soon as i talk to hr about this a whole a whole wall of hurt is going to fall down upon my manager and i don't want that to happen but unfortunately we couldn't walk it out then finding out that why don't you take some time off in which we can tell people that you decided to take some time why don't off. you go cool down a little yeah. bit just go sit there and cool a down. cooling off period we don't want yeah. to yeah um powerful closing words here uh claire writes despite the personal cost that i and a growing group of organizers have paid that workers continue to loudly call for change and a recalibration of google's moral compass makes me tremendously hopeful to root for these workers is to root for the old google the company that earned its employees trust and users trust whose mission and ideals meant something, whose don't be evil motto was referenced earnestly, not to point out the irony of Google having done some new evil thing. We've glimpsed the power of tech workers pushing their employees towards a more equitable future, and we can't stop now. And I feel like that's a really good place to leave that because um, because I feel like that's how we're reporting on this stuff on material. We're we're bringing it to light. This is what's happening. Uh, and who knows what could happen in 2020? You know, the stars are aligning for a lot of uh, a lot of great work to be done. Yeah. I know somebody out there is throwing a tomato at their uh, at their speaker right now because I'm saying this. It's like, Flo, why do you always talk about the stars? Listen. Listen, I'm a person who needs a lot of direction, okay? So I'll take it wherever I can get. Uh, but in all honesty, it is something that I, I hope to see, I hope to report more of on in 2020. Well, yeah. I, I I hope we don't have to report more on it, but I know that we will. And I hope to report uh, um, flourishing things. 
Yes. I, I, I hope to. I hope to. Yeah. I mean, it's that. I mean, I, I wish there were a, a a secular word for blessed, but mm-hmm. bless Claire Stapleton and others like her for making statements like this that are very, very clear. And it you make yourself vulnerable when you tell a personal story as opposed to simply saying, I believe that Google is is anti-employee not not just anti-union but anti-employee but to say here is how i started with google here's my relationship here's how it feels to have to leave excuse me to be forced out of google uh, a place where i was going to be very very i have lots of friends and where i was doing work that pleased me greatly and where i 12 years yeah yeah and so it's easy for those of us who don't have access to these day-to-day stories to try to make excuses or at least try to be cautious in how severely we regard the problem inside Google for lack of information. We're tempering our language with things like, well, I hope this indicates that they, that Sundar Pichai really does see this as a problem and really want – and this becomes the part which we our tolerance level gets lower and lower and our expectations and our demands for real solutions become higher and higher. And just a reminder that this isn't uh, – uh, they have they have a they have a problem with sexism and now they also have a problem with simple uh, relationship to their workforce and their staff and good god if a company with the resources of google can't get employee relations right imagine just the person who on every single level of allowing you to buy a bagged salad at a local supermarket imagine what they have to deal with with mm-hmm. uh, companies that are uh, much smaller with much tighter margins, which much with much less oversight, this is again the the labor story is a human interest, mm-hmm. you know, not a human interest story. It is a human rights story, mm-hmm. and the, I do believe that it's if there's something that's going to fracture our entire society, it is going to be ongoing, recurring, and expected abuse of labor. And now. I feel like that's a good time to take a break. <laughs> exactly. Get a glass of water. Take Into a little an advertisement. <laughs> the holiday shopping season is upon us. We're all going to be looking for some good deals. And when you're shopping online, there's little worse than a shopping cart fail or for the website to suddenly become unavailable. Pingdom will let you know the moment your website goes down in whatever way is best for you. Use transaction monitoring to get alerted when cart checkout, forms, and login pages fail before they affect your customers and your business. You can customize how you're alerted and who is alerted, depending on the severity of the outage. Go to pingdom.com slash RelayFM right now for a 14-day free trial with no credit card required. Then, when you sign up, Use the code MATERIAL at checkout to get an awesome 30% off your first invoice. Our thanks to Pingdom for their support of this show and Relay FM. Let's see. This I, th- was I thought this was – this, this first story I thought was funny in the sense that people don't think that you can cut off ac- internet access to Google or even an entire country – by simply cutting a few cables, but that seems to have happened 
<laughs> a day or two ago uh, where parts of Eastern Europe, Iran, and Turkey lost access to Google for a full half an hour. Uh, Google blamed, and here is the <laughs> quote from their press release, multiple simultaneous fiber optic cable cuts. And here I'm thinking that, oh, my God, this is a pre- – Iran, Turkey, this is a precursor to war, but no uh, – <laughs> But no, it was probably an accident, and that will be. But that's maybe only a little less scary than an act of war. But hold on, hold on. The director at Iran's communicate, excuse me, Iran's communication infrastructure company said two cuts happen at once: one between Iran and Bucharest, Romania. Shout out, and the other on a line to Munich. So it happened on the way to Germany. So let's find out who is going to Germany. And uh, no. so, so, and again, you see that headline and you're like, again, oh God, what's about, what's about to happen? And am I going to, did something just suddenly steal, uh, steal like the news headlines from the impeachment? And so the BBC had a report that reminded us of an incident in 2011 when a 75-year-old woman who was scavenging for copper managed to cut off Armenia's entire access to the internet just by, hey, look, big, big beefy cables. Let's just harvest those. Um, but this disruption disrupted internet access in Bulgaria, Iran, and Turkey for about two hours uh, this morning, Thursday morning. And that's that's how vulnerable these things are. People are surprised when they learned that, oh, isn't it all, isn't the internet like all satellites and space stuff? Nope. And it's I have tubes. to say, again, it's a big, big wire <laughs> going across the going across the ocean floor. Yep. <laughs> you can you can actually get a picture of it if you want. It's a really cool wire. If if someone if the manufacturer if the if the subcontractor of this transatlantic cable ever like said, "Oh, by the way, we did have like we we made a couple miles more of this cable than we actually needed. We're selling like 1-inch sections of it for $1,000 each." I would kind of have to find if I have $1,000 for a piece of wall art because it is a magnificent like it, it is like imagine that uh, imagine that after Wonder Woman cuts the head off of one of the Hydras, and that's what you see, like living in the neck. That these big, these thick cores with other copper cores wound around them, and then black insulation around that, and then w- bundles of wire. They're just protective sheathing, and then it is a magnificent and glorious thing. And <sighs> if someone ever found out how to get a Swiss Army knife onto the end of a really, really high depth submarine. You could just sort of turn off the internet for a lot of countries really quickly, and they would take them about a half hour to an hour to recover from that. Okay, so two things when I saw this in the in the doc today. A, I thought it had, I f- immediately jumped to the conclusion it had something to do with the fact that uh, new Android phones in Turkey uh, are going to lose Google services in an antitrust dispute, and this happened yeah. a couple days ago. And so when I saw that, I was like, oh, God. I was like, is this what it's come to? But thankfully... It's not related to that, apparently. I mean, at least I don't think it is. We don't have any. I mean, who, actually, I should be careful what I say because who knows? Anything could happen. Um, we we are like hours behind this happening. So here in the U.S., but two, it also reminded me just of all the stories I've heard growing up from from my family in Romania who have talked about like living in an apartment building during communist times and one person wouldn't pay or what happened was somebody would something would happen in the government where like 
Russia would get pissed off or something, and then like the heat would just be turned off for the entire city. Granted, I wasn't there, so I can't like you know. But I but I have heard of things like this happening where like one person in the apartment building didn't pay their heat or whatever, and so like everybody in the apartment building like had to suffer because of this. Or it reminds me of the fact that like I couldn't call some of my cousins like back in the day because they didn't physically have phone lines existing. Um, so anyway, it's just, it's just a reminder that like the world really is just connected by a series of pipes and wires. Like we, we <laughs> think it's, it's something special, but it, it really is just, we're all tethered. So yes. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, another sort of little tidbit, maybe something that you want to practice this holiday season when you have a bunch of people at your house and you forgot to mute all the microphones that you have. Um, now when you're talking, if your Google smart speaker or smart display, um, you know, takes, takes something on, takes on a, uh, a conversation it maybe wasn't really supposed to be privy to, you can say to it, Hey G, that wasn't for you. And this will delete your last assistant transaction, uh, and recording from history. Very easy to do. You can also say, Hey G, delete my last conversation delete today's activity, delete this week's activity, depending on what you want to get in there. Maybe something you do want to practice for the holiday and so that you're not freaking when, out your family members. Because, yeah, when the argument becomes – you get to the point in the argument where it was like, hey, grandma, I've had it with your racist attitudes that bring to the front every single time you drink. I found the following information on Wikipedia about, hey, gee, that wasn't for you. <laughs> and I actually like that – by the way, that's the command – it's hey G, that wasn't for you because that is literally how I reply when it like talks. Like sometimes I'll I'll be arguing with my husband about something and then it'll like come up because I said something that sounds like hey G and I'll be like like stay out of this. This has nothing to do with you. <laughs> and so there are definitely recordings of me at Google HQ where I'm like I'm like this doesn't involve you. Like I'm just yelling at all the things because. Because they're, I call everything my robot child. Like everything is a robot child in this house. Well, I was um, going to say that this is this is going to be good practice for like a few years from now when you have to say, "Little trial faz, go go into your room. Mommy and daddy are just talking about something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This isn't meant for your ears." Yes. Well, it's not. It's not meant. Uh, especially because I have a Lenovo smart clock right next to my head. That anyway, <laughs> I did that to myself. Um, Google, if you want to check out on the activity, remember you can go to myactivity.google.com, which will let you look for and remove those conversations specifically. So if you do have a family member or a friend who goes, you know, I just don't really feel really comfortable about the surveillances in your house. And I don't know if I want to bring my family back here next year. I mean, I love the way that you cook Christmas dinner and I really appreciate that you marinated these olives for God knows how long, but I just feel really uncomfortable being in this house with all these things listening to me. And then you can go, all right, Jill, let's go into the other room and I will show you, go to myactivity.google.com. And I will delete everything you just said about persimmons. Anyway, (laughs) um, one final little bit of news. And this, I think, is just (sighs) we're still talking about this. And 
It is the end of an era. It, it's it the end does affect of, some of us, and some of us it are does. a little bit melancholy about this. I, okay, I was just starting out in this industry when Google Glass was really taking off, so I didn't get to like jump on this bandwagon as much as other people did, but I can understand. I can understand how some of you feel. So Google has rolled out a final update for the Google Glass Explorer Edition. The My Glass app is officially donezo, as is your My Glass account, and both will stop working after February 25th. Not, gosh, it's a leap year, too. They didn't even want to carry it all the way to the 29th. Well, they, okay. <laughs> well, well think, of it, think of it this way. The, the oh, sorry, the... <laughs> They, you have to you have to download a, a zip file that has the file. You can't even just do it through like apps or like like upright walking humans. They're going to make you download and unpack a zip file and then run a whole bunch of command line stuff uh, via ATP and stuff like that to install it on the Google Glass. Basically, it, uh, and you have to do that before uh, February twenty fifth of uh, next year. I'm sorry, rather. So it'll stop if you want to keep working. Oh, do this twenty twenty two. Do this if you want it to keep working. Uh, make sure that it you do this before February twenty fifth, twenty twenty two. Okay, that's you have when to. it'll be. That's when it'll be fairly easy to do it. The zip file will be available only and for the next two years through February twenty fifth, twenty twenty two. So after February, if you don't get on it by, you got two years. Even I can deal with a deadline like this, two years. And it will uh, – I haven't installed it yet because it is like it, – it doesn't sound like it's an absurdly complicated process, but there are steps and there are commands to And cut you have and a Raspberry in. Pi to configure. You don't have time for this right now. Yeah, you need to go set up but, that home automation. So apparently it will still work as a Bluetooth device. Don't know whether that means that uh, you can still take – It'll still work as an audio device. It'll right. still work as a camera. But I don't know whether that means that will it respond to audible commands or do you have to know it's a camera if you want to actually press the button on the side to the mechanical button. To so take it's a Snapchat it. spectacle. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. I, hope the, I, I, I'm, I, I did. I am a I am a Google Glass Explorer. Mm. And they at least gave me that, that they were calling you Explorer, mm. not someone who paid $1,500 to, to to buy for the privilege of being one of the few who gets to buy uh, uh pre like pre beta hardware uh and my and this was yes as you might guess as I got the invitation it was like if I can pre sell $800 worth of coverage on this <laughs> in the next day then I will definitely go. And to be fair, I did like make more than fifteen hundred dollars, but still, it was like, am I really going to spend fifteen hundred dollars on a thing that I don't? Only because I think it'll be cool and be a nice thing to play with. Like, and and if I weren't like a journalist, I wouldn't get to like have these phony baloney excuses. And I do still have it. I thought it was wonderful, but I'm like, I'm, I'm hoping that hoping and hopeful and maybe a little bit confident that the community of nerds out there will like flash the device and find like other operating systems and other uh, like control systems in order to work with it. Even if it's just install this, install this app on your phone and it will, and it will do all the heavy processing to do really good, like Google assistant sort of stuff and put the results on that little screen above your face. Nothing gold can stay pony boy. Nothing Mm. gold can stay. Mm. Uh, well, on that note, should we take another quick little break? We'll take a quick little break. Okay. This episode is brought to you by Linode. 
With Linode, you can instantly deploy and manage an SSD server in the Linode cloud. And you can get a server running in just seconds with your choice of Linux distro, resources, and node location. It doesn't matter if you're working on your first server or deploying a complex system, Linode are the folks to go to. They offer the fastest hardware and network with outstanding customer support if you ever need help. It's super easy to launch a Linode cloud server. And their block storage is available in Newark, Fremont, Dallas, Atlanta, Frankfurt, London, and Singapore, and soon to be released in Tokyo. Version 4 of Linode's RESTful API is out of beta and includes an officially supported Python CLI. And right now, Linode are hiring! If you want to learn more and check out what they're looking for, just go to linode.com careers. Linode has pricing options to suit everyone. Their plans start at 1 gigabyte of RAM for just $5 a month, and they offer high memory plans starting with 16 gigabytes of RAM. And Linode have a special offer for you. As a listener of this show, you can go to linode.com slash material and use promo code material2019 to get $20 towards any Linode plan. On the one gigabyte of RAM plan, that is four free months. And with a seven-day money-back guarantee, you have nothing to lose. Give Linode a try today. That's linode.com slash material and promo code material2019 to learn more, sign up, and make the most of that $20 credit. Our thanks to Linode for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. Okay, just an FYI, just so everybody's aware. We, want, we have a special announcement before we get into our interesting and fun story for this, the final act before If Christmas. your children are listening, please... Don't let them listen to this part, okay? This is a content warning. And yes. it's not because it's explicit. We're not going to get an explicit sticker on our iTunes listing. Yes, we are on iTunes, by the way. Uh, but but we are going to be discussing something that maybe is not appropriate for little ones, especially with the holiday season approaching. So with that, we're going to give you a quick moment. You could pause here. In which I'm going to I'm going to practice my Santa Claus name. That's pretty good. I nope. like that. Well, we, we can well, actually let's 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 talk about uh, politics and investments because now if there is actually a child listing, they will go off into another room because they can't possibly now. Right? Yes. I think that an index fund is the only oh God, safe way I to can't. put my to put my investment money to work because number one, there has not been a, a quarter in history where an index fund on the performance of the market has not outperformed even the most diverse portfolio. Okay, is your kid you out of the room yet? You can have a bull market. You can have your bear market. Doesn't matter what kind of lunatic is running whatever. Okay, we're good. Okay, all right. So. Here's the thing. The Google Assistant, it's in on the Santa thing. So it's been programmed. It's trying to help you, parents. It's, it, it, yeah, it is. It is. It's trying to help you. And which you know, it was programmed by parents who are like also trying to keep up the ruse. So I guess that's good foresight. And it's probably a good thing. Well, maybe they should have done this when they first launched the Google Assistant as a smart speaker. But anyway, it's programmed to be cagey whenever it's asked, is Santa Claus real? To prevent, of course, ruining the childhoods of your children who have come to trust and love 
their nest home speaker as uh, as much as their least like sibling. Um, because remember, Santa only brings presents to those who are nice, not those who are naughty. Yes, because the, you, you have this. You, you've basically told your kids it's okay to anytime you want to hear a story, ask ask the ask the the the, the air freshener to tell you a story or to play you a song. Air and so it's not yes. ridiculous that the kid is going to say, "Is Santa Claus real?" So I, I even remember asking my parents about that. Uh, they really fooled me too because we left out carrots and cookies, and there's always like a bite in the cookie. Oh man, I miss being a kid. Yeah. I miss like just how naive and like uh, the world just wasn't spoiled to me like i just uh they're yeah children really are isn't isn't it great that now you get the opportunity to create that for someone else now even if you even if you you don't necessarily choose to like bring them into the, the santa claus mythos just to say that guess what it's december and that means that on the 24th We'll let you open one present. I already told you how much I love cookies. Somebody, I need an excuse. Let's bake cookies together. But for me, it was like one of the presents I always always got to open was going to be the new pair of pajamas that I was definitely going to get. So I could wear my pajamas, my brand new pajamas on Christmas Eve and wear them on the Christmas I buy my husband pajamas every year. He's like, another pair of pajamas. Like, listen, get into the spirit. Uh, So... You could talk to the Google Assistant. You can ask it, is Santa Claus real? And it will reply, I believe in Santa. I admire his generosity and his ability to pull off head-to-toe velvet. <laughs> okay, head-to-toe velvet. That's pretty funny. Um, these are these are actual – just before yes. the show, I repeatedly asked the question, is Santa Claus real? Mm-hmm. You can – it might also answer, if someone might give me a present, I wouldn't ask any questions. So make sure to leave your – Google Assistant smart speaker or smart display, a little something this holiday season. I hear that Google likes bourbon. <laughs> and you can buy those itty-bitty little ones at BevMo. You know, and they're like $3 a piece. Um, or Assistant will reply, I ho-ho-hope he's real. Uh, okay. Now, I, I did still uh, – then, yes. then I decided, okay, well, that's good. It has like a bunch of different uh, responses to the question. And then I thought I tested on, well, how about other questions that the kid might ask, like uh, where is Santa? And I thought it was going to say, oh, well, he's – that the, the, the software would check, okay, well, it's not December 24th yet. So I'll probably so – so I should say, oh, well, Santa's still at the North Pole preparing his sleigh. And so, but on the 24th, it will like access its own Santa tracker and say, oh, you can find out where he is by going to, okay, well, (laughs) unpacking its response. I want to prepare that again. I really, really want to make sure that if you have kids Mm -hmm. (laughs) who who you didn't get out of the, get them out. And they, if they, if they believe in Santa, make sure you get them out Mm -hmm. now. And I'm Mm -hmm. not kidding. So I think that it, didn't hear it correctly when I said, where is Santa? Uh, and it just gave it, it, so it fell back to the, like a, I'll do a web search for this. Uh, and here is verbatim word for word, what it said. Well, I said, Hey, 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 Guillermo, where is Santa? And it answered December 6th on the website, lnstrar.com. They say Santa Claus comes from the Dutch word center mm-hmm. after St. Nicholas. He is said to have died on December 6th, A.D. 342. <laughs> Santa's dead! No, no, no! <laughs> but, 
gonna <laughs> you're always asking this fair freshener for questions and always believe it never tells the tells a lot. No, no, it's no, no. So <laughs> disconcerting. He is said to have died on December sixth. So disconcerting. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not. I'm not joking. This is. This was shortly before we were going to sit down to record. I am. I am going to send this as a bug report, just to say. Oh maybe. no, you definitely should, Andy. I totally yeah, agree. No, I'm, I'm, I'm not joking. You say that was. Oh, you definitely I had, should because I had that it repeat it three yeah. times, so I made sure that I wasn't mishearing it. But yes, so apparently it thought that you know. Where is it? Didn't say Santa. Well, Santa's underground, kids. <laughs> oh, God. Um, okay, I want to try really quick. All right. Uh, I turned up my assistant all the way. Let's see if the mic will pick it up. Um, and Jim, I apologize. You might have to bleep this out because people will yell at me. Uh, hey, is Santa Claus real? I admire his generosity and his ability to pull off head-to-toe velvet. Okay. See? Perfect. Um, no, no. Ask, I'm, ask, I still ask think it's where is Santa just to see what happens. Okay. Hey, where is Santa? Santa's belly laughing in the North Pole at the moment. Did you hear that? No. Santa is laughing in the North Pole at the moment. Ho, ho, ho. Okay, maybe maybe it was my lush, rich baritone, and the fact that I was asking it of a Google Home Max speaker ten feet away. Interesting. I I asked a smart display, so that's hmm. maybe it interesting. Should, it's, I, I think. Well, I think that just as a matter of prevention, it should scan any possible response for words like "he is dead," and to say that you know what, if if this was an adult asking for a question about an actual living saint. Perhaps they will then know. They'll figure out why we decided to parry this question. Exactly. Uh, well, that's it. That that is it for our pre-holiday. We'll see you soon. Holiday show. Um, I have so much preparation to do between now and then, and it really sucks that I can barely move. So that's going to be a fun <laughs> next couple of days. So everyone, you know, just. Send me some vibes. <laughs> uh, Merry Christmas, Florence. I hope you have a wonderful holiday. It's a really good voice, Andy. Unfortunately, I do not have a Christmas voice. But I will say, by the way, if you have a Nest Hello, you can change the doorbell sounds. Mine are on Christmas now. I went from generic winter to Christmas. Um, and there's also a Hanukkah one for those who celebrate. Oh. Yes. Which I believe starts on the twenty second. Yes. No, it's I know it's later this year. Yes, because of the later harvest. I don't know. Um, yes, it starts on the twenty second and it ends on the thirtieth. So Merry Christmas and Happy Hanukkah to our listeners. Yes. We'll be and, back the day after Christmas. And if you're and if you're you're enjoying the twenty fifth of December simply as a day off. Enjoy that as well. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It'll be it'll be a good day to see a movie. I've never seen a movie on Christmas Day. I should. You uh, should. It's, it's fun. I, I usually, unfortunately, because of the bum leg, I'm not doing my usual like. Usually, I more often than not, I go to New York and spend some time like walking mm-hmm. the city and enjoying the lights and the fintuzzlery and hang out with friends. And that's when I would do that. But yes, I enjoy. So Merry Christmas to many of you. Happy Hanukkah to many of you. Have a wonderful Wednesday. 
<laughs> too many of you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Twelve of you have a wonderful week. Exactly. Until next time. Jingle, jingle. 